Word of the Lord 2023 Your blessing is coming Pray through till breakthrough Be enriched as you listen All right so it's time to get into God's word time to bring the word of the Lord for 2023 what we do uh, at the beginning of the year on, on in our New Year's Day service is to bring a word to the church and we've been calling it word of the lord uh this has been going on for many years now so we bring the word of the lord for each year and uh, i always uh, prefix the message the word of the lord with this saying this is not the only thing that god is speaking right so we all understand that now we live by the entirety of the word of god the whole bible is true is valid we live by the entirety of the word of god so don't say this is the only thing i need to hear no uh, but what we try to do is we try to listen to the lord and say god what are you saying specifically for us for this year a word that you want us to bring to the congregation those who are part of apc those who are connected with us in different ways what is the word you want to speak to them or speak to us and a word of encouragement a word of instruction and direction and so that we've been releasing on january 1st service uh, over the over the last several uh, decades i guess uh, just bringing that word to that to us so that's what the word of the lord is it it's a word a one of the many things that god is speaking to you and me but we continue to live by the written scriptures amen all right so let's stand up to our feet so back sometime in during the month of september one of our time my times of prayer just saying you know god what is it i know we've got to bring a word to the church and at that time this is what the lord dropped in my spirit uh um, maybe i should say more like a vision a visual that came through and so here i'm bringing it to you today january 1st 2023 the word of the lord for 2023 a word of encouragement and a word of instruction i'll just put it captured in these words and then we will explain it as we look into the word of god so this is what i feel god is telling us your blessing is coming pray through till breakthrough amen your blessing is coming pray through till okay so turn to your neighbor and say your blessing is coming pray through till breakthrough turn around to somebody else tell them your blessing is coming pray through till breakthrough god bless you, you may be seated please So this is based on two scripture passages that we would look at and then I will just break it down for us and see how we're going to apply this in our lives and how this is going to unfold for us this year. Your blessing is coming pray through till breakthrough. 1 Kings chapter 18 we're going to read verses 1 and 2 and also verses 41 to 46 and then we will also read James chapter 5 verses 16 to 18 these are familiar passages to us these are not uh, unfamiliar but let's look at them again first kings chapter 18 verses 1 and 2 we will read these passages out and it came to pass after many days that the word of the lord came to elijah in the third year saying Go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. 
So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab, and there was a severe famine in, his, in Samaria. Now, we're going to skip the portion in between. Elijah at that time was in Mount Carmel. There was a powerful experience there when God answered by fire, and the prophets of Baal were exposed and defeated. So we skip that part. We pick up in verse 41 of 1 Kings 18. Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down to the ground and put his face between his knees, and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And seven times he said, Go again. Verse 44, Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, Go up, say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Now we go into the New Testament, James chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. James 5. 16 through 18, James writes, he says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruits. So, these were the, the passages that, that just got, just brought in my attention that time and that day in September as I was just praying and, and just you know, saying, this is what I must bring to us as a church. Your blessing is coming. Pray through till... So let's look at this, both these passages. Now the reason we can study 1 Kings 18 is because James is pointing. Now all scripture is given by inspiration of God. But James is explicitly pointing, James chapter 5. He's explicitly pointing to Elijah and saying, be like that. You pray like that. So let's try to understand what happened. So God had spoken to Elijah. There's going to be a famine. Elijah was in aligned to that, prayed three and a half years, no rain, everything dry, barren, it's gone. Nobody knew when they're going to see the next rainfall. Things were terribly dry. And that was the present condition. So the first thing we look at is what is the condition, the present condition? Dry, barren, no rain. Famine. And that might be a situation representing a situation in our lives, in certain areas of our lives. I'm not saying entirely everything, but there could be certain areas where things are not very promising. 
Things are dry. They are barren. There's famine. Uh, things are not going the way we would like it to go. That's the present condition. But in that condition comes the word of the Lord. First Kings chapter 18 and verse, verse 2. Where God says, First Kings 18 verse 1. The promise of God comes into that situation. 1 Kings 18.1, God said to Elijah, go and tell the king Ahab, I will send rain. So God is speaking. God is declaring his will. He's saying, this is what I'm ready to do. I will send rain. So the promise of God comes to you and me as individuals or as, as a church. This is what I want to do through you. As an individual, God says, I will bless all the work of your hands. As an individual, God says, I will make you the head, not the tail. As an individual, God says, by his stripes, you were healed. As an individual, the promise of God comes to you in your circumstance, to you and me, in our situations. Amen? And that's exactly what happened here. God told Elijah, Elijah, I will send rain. The promise of God. The promise of God has been given for us as a church. The entire Bible is for us. Amen. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So that's already been spoken. God has already spoken it concerning you and me. That we are going to be a church or the church that Jesus is building is a church that the gates of hell will tremble. It's a church that will advance to the gates of hell. It's a church that is filled with the power of God. It's a church that will do the works that Jesus did and even greater works. It's a church that will heal the sick, cast out devils, raise the dead. That's what that word has already been spoken for us. Amen? So God has spoken. The promise of God has come through for us in our present situation. Whatever that situation might be. No matter how bleak, however difficult... The, the, there is that, that, that word has been spoken. And that word created expectation in the heart of Elijah. Because you can see that in, in verse 41. Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink. For, read those next few words with me. There is the sound of abundance of rain. Let's read that again. He said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink. For there is what? The sound of abundance of rain. Now, actually, there's not even a cloud in the sky. There's not even a whisper in the sky. But Elijah is saying, as far as I am concerned, there is the sound of abundance of rain. Where was it? It wasn't in the natural. There were no clouds in the sky. There was no lightning, no thunder, nothing. And yet Elijah was saying, there is the sound of abundance of rain. Where was this sound? It was in the spirit. Because God had spoken. God said, I will send rain. Expectation was in his heart. And it's time for you and I as believers to become expectant like the way Elijah was. That we could say there is the sound of abundance of rain when there is not even a cloud in the sky, when there is not even a stroke of lightning, nothing. 
but yet inside you, you're bubbling. Inside you, there is expectation because you know that your heavenly father has spoken his word and your heavenly father will not lie. If there's any word that you can count on, if there's any word that you can depend on, it is the word of your heavenly father. Amen? And so now you and I need to be consumed, filled with expectation. There is the sound of abundance of rain. I know what to expect because my Father has spoken His, His Word. Amen? And perhaps that's an area where you and I are lacking. We lack expectation. We know the promise of God, but the promise of God for us is just a verse in the Bible. It hasn't leaped off those pages and become pregnant in your spirit. It hasn't leaped out of those pages and captured your imagination. It hasn't leaped out of those pages and filled all your emotions so that you can say, there is the sound of abundance of rain. I can feel it inside me. Amen? Based on the word of God. That was all he had at that moment. All God said was one thing. I will send rain. And Elijah was saying, there is a sound of abundance of rain. And God had only spoken that word, those few words. But he was filled with it. He said, I know what to expect. Tell Ahab, hurry up. Get into your chariot. Go in. Because there is a sound of abundance of rain. So may the promise of God today May the promises of God fill you and me with expectation. So consume our imagination. So consume our emotions. I know what my expectation is. That God will fulfill His word. He will not lie. He will not go back on His promises. And that is our expectation. Amen. But. In as much as Elijah was filled with this expectation, something had to happen. And this is the part maybe we as a church and maybe the church globally, worldwide is failing. There had to be the prayer of faith. What did Elijah do? It tells us here in 1 Kings 18 and verse 42, Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down to the ground and put his face between his knees. What did Elijah do? He went to the mountain and he began to pray. We know he prayed because that's what James tells us. You know, we read the passage in James. James clearly says, Elijah prayed. So, I want you to think about this. God said, I will send rain. But this man went to pray. Why would there be a need to pray when God had already declared his will? He said, I will send rain on the earth. Because God will not do anything on the earth. And this is a very strong statement to make. John Wesley said something to the same effect. And I'm not quoting his words, but I'm communicating the same thought. That God will not do anything on earth unless somebody comes before him in prayer. 
God declares his will so that somebody on earth can pray that will. That's why in the Lord's prayer, Jesus said, you pray like this. Thy will be done. That means you pray the will. So when we pray, thy will be done, it's not like, God, I don't know your will, just do what you want. That's not the kind of prayer. It is, God, I know what you have spoken because I have the written word. I know your will, but I'm going to pray your will on the earth. That's what Elijah was doing. God had spoken. I will send rain. Some of us charismatic, Pentecostal, wave your hand on me kind of Christians would have gone to sleep. God spoke, I will sleep. Look, we are co-workers with God. There's a reason why the Bible calls us co-workers, not sleeping partners. That's a business term. In business, we call somebody who doesn't do anything a sleeping partner, meaning they don't do anything, but they got the name on it. So we are not sleeping partners with God. We are co-workers. God declares His will, but we need to get down on our knees. We need to, you know, I'm, I'm, then get down on our knees, that's a figurative language, but we need to go before God in prayer. And so Elijah prayed. It was the prayer of faith. He went before God and prayed. But I want us to just look at it a little bit more closely. Imagine Elijah at that juncture in his life, in his journey with God. He was praying on Mount Carmel just days before that. He had the greatest victory on that same mountain. He had challenged 400 prophets of Baal on that same mountain. He said, you pray the whole day. They prayed the whole day. Nothing happened. Elijah prayed a short prayer. God, let them know who is God. And fire came from heaven. The people were all watching it. It was spectacular. And they all bowed down and said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. But today, things were a little different. It was the same mountain. But Elijah was alone. There were no crowds to cheer him. This was not a contest between him and Baal, the prophets of Baal. It was a promise God had spoken saying, I will send rain. And this time a short prayer was not going to get the job done. That day it was a short prayer. Lord, answer by fire. Fire came. But this day things were different. He had to do the whole praying. We don't know how many hours he spent praying. He was on that same mountain where he had seen the greatest victory, if you will, of his ministry. And yet on that same mountain, here he was pressing in prayer to see the promise of God fulfilled. What am I saying? Thank God for the victories we've seen in the past. But we can't take those victories for granted. 
Sometimes those victories become the foundation on which you engage in prayer to see another promise of God fulfilled. That time it was a short prayer, but this time it's going to take some intense praying. That time fire came from heaven, but this time you're praying for rain for an entire nation. And there's got to be a different kind of praying involved. Are you with me? Same mountain. Same God. God hasn't changed. Same God who spoke. But the man had to engage with God in a different way. He had to pray. And he got on his knees on that same mountain. And he said, God, I don't know the words he used. It's not recorded for us. But he had, I'm sure, he engaged with God based on the promise of God. God, you said, I will send rain. I'm here praying. I want to see the rain. I don't know how he prayed for many hours. I don't know what all words he said. But he was there on that same mountain where he had seen great victory. He had, this time he was engaging. James says, it was fervent. James says it was heartfelt, the effectual, fervent prayer. Passionate prayer, intense prayer. Your blessing is coming, but you need to pray. Are you listening? Your blessing is coming, but you need to pray. That brings us to the fourth point, which is persistence is required. Think about this. This was the prophet of God. He had seen mighty things happen in the past. He had prayed just a few days back. He had prayed a bless me prayer, short prayer. Fire came. But this time things were different. It says in verse 43 of 1 Kings 18, He said to the servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. Can you imagine? Seven times he said, Go again. Elijah said, I'm assuming this was Gehazi, his servant, his assistant. Gehazi! Go see. I've prayed. Anything there? Cassie looks. Comes back. Sorry, nothing. You know, what kind of thoughts would have gone through Elijah's mind? He said, God, what happened? Just a few days back, I prayed ten words and fire came. Here I am. I've prayed for such a long time. Nothing's happening. But what did Elijah do? He said, go again. And how many times? Seven times. Seven times. I mean, us Pentecostal charismatic people, fast food, press the button, microwave kind of people, we would not have lasted one and a half times. But Elijah prayed seven seven times. Go again. Go again. Go again. 
And perhaps this is one of the weaknesses of us, the modern day church. We don't know what it means to persist in prayer. We don't know. We want instant. Click the button, swipe, tap. But heaven doesn't have an app like that. <laughs> Sorry. It's not that way. And so we don't understand what it means to persist in prayer. And so James is pointing us back to Elijah and says, pray like that. Be that kind of a man who would be passionate, who would be fervent to prayer, who knows what it means to stay in that place. It, yes, it's Mount Carmel. Yes, it was your place of greatest victory. But this time you got to stand on that same mountain before the same God with the same promise and say, God, I'm not moving until it happens. Amen. He just said, go see, go see, go see. I don't know what El Gehazi must have thought. Oh God, redeem me. <laughs> oh God, get me out of this. <laughs> I might have to resign my job if I want to leave this. But he had to just go and see. Seven times. You see, the Lord Jesus taught us about persistence in prayer. And Jesus used these two illustrations. The first illustration is that of the persistent friend. And you read about this in Luke chapter 11 verses 1 to 13. You can go home and read it. I'll just uh, summarize it for us. In Luke chapter 11 verses 1 to 13, uh, he wanted to teach his disciples to pray. And so he gave them the pattern of prayer. He said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. We all know the Lord's prayer. And right after that, in Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 13, right after he taught them the Lord's Prayer, the pattern of prayer, he said this, he gave this illustration. He said, imagine this, that a friend has arrived at the house of one of his friends, but this man doesn't have any food to give to him, no bread. And so it's the middle of the night. And so what does he do? He goes to the house of his friend who's already asleep in bed. And he begins to knock at the door. And he tells him, friend, give me some bread. Give me some food. Because I've got a friend who's visiting me right now. And I don't have anything to give to him. And that friend who's asleep says, hey, I'm already asleep. I can't do anything. But what does this man do? He keeps knocking. And Jesus said, this is Luke chapter 11. He says, that man, not, that, not because he's a friend, but because of his persistence, will get up and give him the bread. So this is the illustration of the persistent friend. Jesus is teaching us about prayer. And right after that, he gives, after that illustration, he goes on to say, which one of you, if a son asks for bread, would you give him a stone? If he asks for fish, would you give him a snake? If he asks for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? How much more your heavenly father will give? See? He's teaching us about prayer. 
And in the middle of that teaching on prayer, he's telling us the importance of persistence. So this persistent friend is